0: into episode 10 of the Sources Say podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR podcast network. I am your host Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined by Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated for a special edition of the Sources Say podcast. First off, before we get in get into why this is a special edition episode and all all of that fun stuff, Travis, how are you doing today, man?
1: There's nothing better then the combination of Bud Light, the – what are they called? The California Tangy – Carolina Tangy? Yes. Carolina Tangy Wings. Yeah. And basketball recruiting. There's not a better trio of – Things in this universe than those three.
0: Absolutely. Um, so
1: we're recording here at KS Bar, by the way. That's why I'm saying that.
0: Good. Uh, I I appreciate the shout out for for the brand. Fantastic place to go. Uh, we are we are sitting here getting ready for the blue white game that is going on tonight. We decided with the massive news that happened last night, we thought it would just be an absolute mistake to not bring up what happened last night. Um, you know, today we decided it was necessary to record an episode dedicated entirely to one thing and one thing only. Most weeks we spend the entire show going through uh, several different players, their games, recruitments, timelines, all of that fun stuff. But this week it is dedicated to Devin Askew committing to Kentucky last night. Um, but before we get into all of that stuff, I can't go a second further without giving a shout-out to our friends at BBN Vegas. The Big Blue Nation takes over Las Vegas this December when Kentucky basketball hits Sin City. The action tips with the Kentucky versus Utah game presented by UK Healthcare and benefiting Coaches vs. Cancer on Wednesday, December 18th at T-Mobile Arena. BBN will have the opportunity to hit the links at the world-renowned Shadow Creek Golf Course on on Friday, December 20th as part of the the Golf Blue Benefiting Coaches vs. Cancer. The Cats then play in the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday, December 21st. Visit BBNVegas.com or follow on social media at BBN Las Vegas for full information, game tickets, hotel accommodations on the Las Vegas Strip. You name it, they have it for you. Please go out there, get your tickets from them, Go go through your entire tra- uh, your your travel itinerary. Make sure it goes 100% through BBN Las Vegas. They're going to hook you up. I'm going to be out there. It's going to be one heck of a time. Looking forward to it. Now, there's this notion out there that that Kentucky fans are, are becoming a bit disconnected with recruits, mostly because John Calipari manages to get so many of them year after year after year. Uh, our job today is to change that for you. By the time this episode is over, we want you to know everything there is to know about Kentucky's newest commitment, 2021 five-star guard, Devin Askew. We want you to feel like you know who Askew is personally by the end of this show. That's the goal. So let's get right into it. Let's jump in. Who in the heck is Devin Askew? So we'll, we'll start with, with a quick bio. Askew five star guard originally from Sacramento, California, playing at modern day high School in Santa Ana, California. he is six foot three Well, if you listen, listen to what Travis has had to say over the last couple weeks there there are some rumblings that he might actually be upwards of, of six foot four six foot five right now, uh, but he's he's a strong one hundred and ninety five pounds in terms of who he is as a player. This is a kid that is known as one of the best knockdown shooters in all of high school basketball regardless of class. This is a kid that this summer playing for Team Why Not on the Nike EYBL circuit, he averaged 9.8 points per game but 46.2% from three, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists, and 1.8 steals per contest during the regular season. But then when the actual Peach Jam finals came around, he averaged 16.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, 6.0 assists, and 2.0 steals per contest. Per contest during Peach Jam, during bracket play, uh, Askew was intr- instrumental in leading Team Why Not with uh, to, to the Peach Jam finals alongside former Kentucky target Jalen Green. Um, Going a little further into his stats, throughout the entire Nike UIBL season, Askew made at least one three-pointer in 16 of 20 total games, at least two three-pointers in 11 of those games, at least four three-pointers in six of those games, and at least five three-pointers in two of them. This is a kid that can flat out shoot the basketball. Uh, like I said, one of the best shooters in the nation, regardless of class. Uh, as a sophomore at Modern Day last season, uh, he averaged 14 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 2.1 steals per contest, had an assist to turn- turnover ratio of 2.72 to 1. Um, you know, this, this kid is just a, a star in the making. Travis, I need to know. What are your first impressions of who Devin Askew is as a player?
1: He would be the best shooting point guard that Kentucky's had since Brandon Knight, hands down. He is honestly more of a combo guard than a pure point. Doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, Winning intangibles, be the first guy on the floor. Uh, True leader, is selfless, doesn't have to be the center of attention. He's not a superstar. I don't think, I personally have said that I don't think he's one and done. I think he's a two-year player because there's some holes in this game that he has to fill, but he's somebody that Calipari already has locked up while still recruiting Cade Cunningham. Either you're going to have a great backup in 2020 or a starter in 2020 or a great starter coming in after Cade Cunningham in 2021, and you already know what your point guard position is going to look like for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, watching him, I got to, I got the chance to see him a few times. I saw him uh, at, at a few of the regular the, the EYBL regular season events, but I got a really really close look at him during the Peach Jam Finals when he was playing alongside Jalen Green because at the time Jalen Green was Kentucky's lead target. I mean, the, this was mind you, this was before Terrence Clark kind of fell into their lap, so. At the time, Jalen Green was seen as their number one overall option. Cade Cunningham was seen as a lock to Oklahoma State. So, really, they were going all in on, on Jalen Green at the time. They ended up offering J- Josh Christopher right after Peach Jam. But definitely, without a doubt, Jalen Green was their lead guy. So, I, I got the chance to, to watch Devin pretty closely. But, man, like, like I've mentioned on the podcast several times, while you're focusing on Jalen Green – you just tend to just your your vision starts to stray a little bit away from from Jay, what Jalen has to offer and you just get caught up in, in who Devin asks you as a as a player man he is the kind of guy that is just competitive he's nasty uh he he projects as an as an elite perimeter defender like i said he averaged two at least two assists per game during Peach Jam um just a feisty nasty game manager, um, you know, he, he's just one of those guys that he's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. He's not going to dunk on anybody. He's, his, he's not a pure athlete in any sense of the word. But from a pure fundamental and competitive standpoint, I'd argue that Askew second to none among all 2021 guards.
1: What, I've said my comparison for him. I think I've heard anything from Nigel Williams, Goss, to Jalen Brunson, to Darren Williams. Darren Williams was a hell of a pro. Yeah, I'm not ready to make that jump. I've heard uh, my personal – if you're looking for a U.K. comparison, he is Emmanuel Quickly with a much higher ceiling. He's not going to hurt you, but he's not going to be a superstar either. He has much more superstar potential than Devin Askew – I mean, than uh, Emmanuel Quickly. But he's not ever going to be on the same realm of players as John Wall, Brandon Knight, um, De'Aaron Fox – Tyler Ewles, those guys. He's going to be in that second tier with uh, guys like Marcus Teague.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that quickly comparison is interesting because, in terms of shooting, comparable, especially if especially if you think of quickly at his best, like what we saw toward the the, the tail end of the year, some of his NCAA tournament performances. That Emmanuel quickly is a good gauge, but. He's stronger. He's more mature physically, I think, than Emmanuel quickly in terms of being able to get to the to the basket and finish through contact. Emmanuel quickly has done that on a few occasions, but but I think he's that's still something that he needs to work on going into this season. Askew is is very um, he he's not overly physical with how he plays but he at least has that um has that core strength to fight through contact and finish finish strong at the
1: rim. Him, him and Quickly both play defense like they have something to improve. I really like Quickly's defense. It's something that didn't really stick out to a lot of people last year but stuck out to me. I think he's a really sound defender. I think Askew's the same way. They'll, they're they're kind of dogs in transition defense. They'll get up in you and guard you the full length of the court. That's what that's something that I really like about Devin Askew. Yeah, in terms
0: of a specific player comparison, the one that I was actually going to name is is Jalen Brunson. Because of the fact that Jalen at Villanova was a winner through and through. He was a guy that put it all on the line. He was the guy that, that was the first person to dive on the floor. He was the first person to, to take a charge. He was just a – played with so much heart, so much intensity. And, uh, you know, he might not be the, be the first person to, to – Score thirty points in a game, or he, you know, he's he's not that kind of a volume scorer per se. But Jalen Brunson was always the kind of guy that would put his body on the line, that put the team first, and make sure that he did whatever was whatever was necessary to come out with a victory. And as we saw in his Villanova career, that he he led them to what two titles in three years as as the lead the lead guard there. So. To have a guy like Askew, like I said, he's not going to blow you away physically. He's not going to, um, you know, he's not going to dunk on anybody. He's not. He's not a pure athlete at heart. But when it comes to his competitiveness and and just fundamental, just his skills and and his court vision and and just some of the the pure point guard instincts, he has them all. I'm I am very very high on his game. I think. The reason why he's not getting as much NBA buzz is because he's not a you know same reason why Jalen Brunson didn't get a whole lot of any NBA buzz and why his career in the in in the league hasn't been um, I believe he only had one I don't have his his bio bio in front of me but he's he's not one of those guys that took the NBA by storm and and that's just not not how Askew's game was is is See, built.
1: Every, everybody wants to talk about oh it's the lack of athleticism that. Is keeping him off NBA radars. I think that, like I said, I think he's more of a true combo guard when you get down to the nuts and bolts of his game. But outside of shooting, he's not really elite at anything right now. Um, he's above average passer, not elite passer. He struggles at getting separation off the dribble with his dribble moves. But he's such a good enough shooter that he makes up for that. He mm-hmm. shoots over the guys even though they're still within arm distance. Um, he, what was I gonna say? He's got like average to a little bit above average dribble packages. Yeah. But all that is going to improve under Cal Perry and might even improve another year at modern day. Everybody forgets he's 17 years old. Yeah. So it's not – I mean, like you said, there's some positives, there's some negatives, but Cal Perry is the perfect coach to fill the holes in his game.
0: Now instead of us rambling on over and over again about who Devin asks you as a, as a person and, and what he brings to the table – Let's get an expert opinion on the matter. We're about to go live to Gary McKnight, head coach of Modern Day High School, who has been with Devin Askew for several, for, for two years now and knows knows his game and personality better than anybody. So, so let's let's move on over to our, our interview with Coach McKnight. And we are happy to be joined on the phone by Devin Askew's head coach at Modern Day. Coach Gary McKnight. Coach McKnight, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing just great. Well, it was it was obviously a, uh, a pretty big night for you for you last night with, with Devin's big decision, announcing that he was going to be committing to the University of Kentucky. And fans out here are, are very familiar with his game uh, kind of on the surface level. They know he's a great shooter. They know he's a competitor. They know that uh, he, he's a phenomenal game manager. But I want you to... Take us to the next level. Make us know who Devin Askew is on you know beneath the surface. Surface. So, as his head coach, um, right off the bat, what are Kentucky fans going to be seeing at in Devin Askew when he gets to when he gets to Lexington?
2: Well, first of all, Devin is a, a very sharp kid. He's got about a three-five grade average. He, uh, uh, his mother's a doctor. Uh, dad's very successful and just a real class kid. He, uh, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing they're going to see out of him is just his high energy, uh, off the court when he speaks, you know, he's very good speaker. Very good communicating with the team. Um, you know, I just like, I, the biggest thing is he's a punishing point guard. Uh, he's very physical. He goes to the basket hard. He plays hard. Uh, he uh, just absolutely loves the game. He's always out working out, always uh, trying to get the edge. And, uh, you know, he, he just, uh, he's just a special special player. I've, I've been very blessed over the years, and he's one of our best uh, we've had over the years. I mean, uh, as far as he plays. And we're blessed this year. we got four or five other kids that are going to be Division One players. So it's, it's a pretty good team. He's playing around, and, and he's got some talent around him. Uh, to let him do more things, which is just like Kentucky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and last season, Devin averaged 14 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 2.1 steals, uh, an assisted turnover ratio of 2.72 to one. Uh, kind of a, a do it all player. What is w- what are your all's expectations for him next year? With with uh, you know he he performed so well last year as a sophomore with with this with one more year under his belt in, in terms of maturity both uh, physically he, and all that? What
2: well, you know, uh, again, he's playing with a lot of talented players like he would at uh, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, he does a good job of maybe giving up a little bit of what he would normally do to make sure we get everybody involved because we're a lot better team when everybody's involved. And uh, he does a good job of uh, getting us into that situation. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, he, as a freshman, he played behind a kid named Spencer Friedman, who's point guard up at Harvard right now. And, uh, you know, he, he got his minutes here and there and really fought hard. And he got real hungry that sophomore year and uh, played great, and had a great summer with his travel team. And, you know, now he's going into his junior year and senior year and, you know, I think you
0: know he's got a chance to be one of the best ever to come out of the school. So there's a a bit of a a he's listed at six foot three, but there's been there were some rumblings that when he was here in in Lexington on an official that that the Kentucky coaching staff actually thought he was getting closer to six four, six five. Do you have an a have an official uh, official height for him? Has he grown a couple yeah. inches?
2: I have him at six foot four. He's young too for his grade. He's not an old um, uh, junior, and he, I have him at six four. And uh, uh, he's definitely—I'm I, I, telling you—he just punishes people going to the basket. You know, you want to go up with him, you're—you're gonna feel uh, his thunder. I mean, he—he he gets after it uh, as far as attacking the basket. Um, very physical player.
0: Very cool. So, speaking of Lexington and the Kentucky coaching staff, what? How involved were you in that process and, and kind of guiding him through th- through not necessarily just guiding him through his recruitment but at least you know being a mentor for him and and uh, and kind of helping him come to that decision that Kentucky was a place to be what were, did you have conversations with the Kentucky coaching staff and, and what were those like?
2: You know I talked to coach when he came out um, earlier this month and uh, we got to talk a little bit. He's been out for several of our players over the years. Um, and you know, it's hard to turn coach down, uh, the schools he had left. The only thing I told him, you're not making a mistake, which whenever you pick, just don't look back. And I think after he took his visit to Kentucky, he was sold, um, that, you know, that was the right place for him, and, you know, and I think, you know, he wants to play at the highest level possible and be challenged and, uh, you know, it's uh, year after year, Kentucky and. Uh, is, you know, obviously you know, them and Duke and Arizona, a lot of those are, you know, the top schools and, you know, I I just think he really wanted that challenge and I think they showed him you know, where he could project to be at their school and at Kentucky and I think he was just overly excited about it. uh, Wanted to make a decision real quick and not worry about it and enjoy the next year and a half of high school and, uh, you know, head off to uh, Kentucky.
0: Now I, I know you said in recent interviews, I, I know you you did a recent interview with a with a local Kentucky guy, and, and you said you didn't believe he would end up in, in the class of 2021, but just you know just hypo- hypothetically speaking, if he were to make make that jump physically, what do you think he would he would be able to to thrive as a, as a freshman next season as opposed to two years from now? I think, you know, he's physical enough
2: to survive, uh, you know, on any level. Um, I think, uh, personally, I think that extra year of high school, I, I have a hard time understanding anymore a kid wanting to miss his senior year of high school because looking back in my life and a lot of the others, I know, you know, that, that's one of the highlights of your uh, life is your senior year in high school, but nowadays things are a little different. now. Him and his dad have told me on numerous occasions that they that he is not reclassifying that he is going to stay through his senior year, so I'm not really concerned about that right now.
0: Yeah, I got you. And and kind of the the big talk right now with, with Kentucky fans and and it's it's kind of the the biggest talk in Lexington right now. So it's something I got to I got to ask you if that does happen. That the their talk is is that Cade Cunningham is highly, highly considering Kentucky, how would they work together should this, should this situation come to, come to fruition? Yeah, I wish I could
2: say I could talk more on that subject, but I don't know him as well as uh, I probably should, Uh, but if, you know, Devin is a guy that, you know, he, he, there's times where he can fill the wing and play the wing for us, he plays point for us, but we're, we're best when he has his hands on the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, Devin would work off anybody real well.
0: Getting, getting back to who Devin is as, as a person, uh, when and as, as a player and his growth that you've seen, when was the first time that you saw Devin and knew that he, he could be something special at, at the next level?
2: Uh, the first week he came to our school in the summer before his freshman year. We had a tournament at our school, and it's actually the first time I really got a chance to see him play because we hadn't practiced until that point. And uh, he went up down the floor, and he was going by people, and he was laying it in, and he was attacking. And I turned to my sister, and he looked at me. And I go, "He's a keeper." <laughs> he had moved down. He had moved down from Sacramento, so we had just seen him for the you know first time, and he uh, was he was. Uh, no, nah, he was he's one of those guys you go, Oh boy, it's gonna
0: be a good one. <laughs> now a lot of Kentucky fans just, just really have no idea what his personality is. Tell, tell us what is it like to coach Devin Askew and uh, you know, what's his personality like? What does he like to do in his off time? What what is who who is Devin Askew?
2: Devin Askew is a basketball junkie. I mean, he goes from one thing to another. He gets up in the morning about six thirty and goes runs at the beach. And does uh, a lot of work in the sand to work on his uh, leg development and strength. Um, he'll shoot in the gym at night. He'll work out with different gurus. Uh, he'll come to practice. If I take him out of practice on the first group, you know, and put somebody give him a break, he'll change his jersey and go on the second group and play against so him. He won't come out. <laughs> you know, he just he he likes being on the court. Um, he's not afraid to tell. Uh, other players that if you're not going to work hard, maybe it's time to go home. We've got to get somebody else out here, coach. This guy doesn't want to go hard. And, uh, you know, and and he can match that because he works as hard as anybody in the gym, if not uh, usually a lot harder. So, I mean, a lot of times, you know, he can, uh, you know, he's not afraid to tell somebody you need to get going. And uh, it, it really helps as a coach to have a point guard that, you know, will pat somebody in the back, but yet look them in the eye and say, hey, if you're not going to do it, get off.
0: Now, a few, a few more things before I let you go. I need ask yous two biggest strengths and two biggest weaknesses that he needs to work on uh, going into next season.
2: I think his two biggest strengths are his physicalness and his uh, ability to uh, create things for other players as, as well as create for himself. And I think it's full of jump shot is uh, a 15-footer is about as good as it gets. I think weaknesses. I think he just needs, you know, a little more maturity. And I think that he uh, um, probably, uh, uh, you know, maybe take the weight room a little more seriously. But it's hard to because he's so physical already. Um, You know, a lot of kids don't understand how important that weight room is. And I think you know, as he gets older, he, he'll understand. But he does so many things on his own that, away from the team, that you know, it's hard to keep track of everything he does. But you know, I I, I think that uh, you know, and personality-wise, the fans are going to love him, just love
0: him. Very cool. Well, with that, I think that is that is all we need from you. We definitely appreciate you, Coach McKnight, and uh, uh, we, we're we're definitely excited to have Devin Devin here in Kentucky. Well. So are we. Take care. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. What an interview just then with, with Coach McKnight. You know, he went in-depth about who he is as a – who Askew is as a person, what he brings to the table, how excited Kentucky fans should be about him. Uh, very quick thoughts, Travis. What do you think of what, what Coach McKnight had to say?
1: He definitely <clears> – <throat> he definitely went along with everything I've heard about his – Hard-nosed, gritty, tough worker, gym rat. He definitely sounds like somebody, in my opinion, that's going to be leading the next wave of players either next season or the year after in the uh, breakfast club, early workouts type, trying to get in extra work whenever he can.
0: Yeah, and one thing that was kind of interesting
1: is he did seem pretty adamant
0: that he would not be reclassifying to the class of 2020. One thing that has kind of been the general consensus is that – Behind closed doors, he's been telling everybody that, that it's likely to happen. He's been kind of flirting with other class of 2020 guys on, on social media. It's as early as today, literally this morning. Greg Brown? Earlier this morning, he said, you know, talk to Greg Brown with the, his, the, the beloved eye emoji that, oh, that th- fans th- that and so recruits overused. are just. Fans and recruits are just so so in love with using the, the ever-popular eye Emoji, And he definitely used them for Greg Brown, basically saying, uh, I think Greg, Greg Brown said lights, camera, action when we come into the room yeah, or something the, like that. The
1: hedgehog farm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. When, when, when we come into the room in response to Askew's commitment uh, announcement and then Askew responded with the double eye emoji and a my dude, dude or I've my seen, guy or something like that. I've seen
1: probably 20 Greg Brown tweets and I'm sure I'm pretty sure all 20 of them say that same exact thing. I think he tweets that like a couple times a day. What, the hedgehog fam yeah. or the lights, camera, action It's part? all one thing.
0: Is it? Yes.
1: And it's like hashtag uh, hedgehog farms at the end. You know what? It's got the three
0: emojis at the beginning. He can tweet whatever he wants, whenever he wants, as long as he ends up committing to Kentucky and playing with Devin Askew. But, yeah, like we said, phenomenal interview with, with, with Coach McKnight. We appreciate having him on the show. Um, like, you know, like we said, kind of solidified what we all knew about him in terms of how he is as a worker, said that he got in there at 6.30 in the morning every – he said
1: – That ain't anything. That's 9.30 here. It, I'm at work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said that he actually wakes up at 6.30, goes straight to the beach and runs in the sand for for his workouts. Now imagine – could how awesome would it be if if we were in a situation where instead of waking up and running on an old nasty treadmill, we could wake up and, and be – Awoken to the beautiful sounds of, of waves and, and sand every morning.
1: Dude, if I got to train in sand every morning, I'd have quads like Isaiah Briscoe <laughs> and calves like Brad Calipari. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, like we said, thank, thanks to Coach McKnight for joining us on that. Uh, now let's – we know well, everything we need to know about his game. We know everything that we need to know about his personality and stuff like that. But what about how in the heck he got to Lexington? His recruitment was one that I'm sorry, I can't help but go in de- in depth about it right, and, one and throw cent, a couple jabs. Cent, here. One
1: sentence. One sentence. Comparing the recruitment with UK or uh, talking about the recruitment with UK U of L. If you could describe it, uh, Godfather status. Two words. Mom's gonna all be I daddy's home.
0: That that right. works. Right, that they, that we. I think I'm glad we're on the hand same hand page hand. there. Okay, let's listen to this timeline real fast, guys, because it is it will it will blow you away so everybody knows that you know he kind of came onto the scene early 2018 where you know he he's always been a top 30 top 40 high 20s guy for for a while um but over the last 2 years is when he kind of over the last year specifically is when he solidified himself as a no joke top 15 top 10 type talent but back then so
1: I'm looking at his rating history. I'm trying to find it.
0: Yeah, and while, while you get that figured out, it's very obvious the schools that were, were the most heavily involved. Louisville was the one from the jump. Right away, Chris Mack was hired at Louisville in March of 2018. He, Coach, Coach Mack offered a scholarship to ask you on August 13th of 2018 had him in on unofficial visits, brought him in on an official visit, went out west to visit him multiple times at his home and at his school, went four deep with, coaching, with his coaching staff, went just him, uh, just him on a couple occasions. Chris Mack let Devin ask you know that he was their number one priority. And if you think about it, you know, he's still a 2021 kid, so we're talking – He's not even going to be on a campus if he sticks with his original plan of, of 2021. He's not even going to be on campus for another two years. And Chris Mack got a head start over a year ago. Literally, he's been on him for literally a year and a half at this point. Made sure that he, he was – he made it known that ASCII was his top priority through and through. I mean, Literally, if he made his decision in the spring I would argue that he would be 100% A Louisville Cardinal, without a doubt Kentucky comes in Offers him a scholarship Right after Peach Jam So, Joel Justice went to go watch him Out west He flew to Phoenix, Arizona Back in June to see him at the Section 7 Camp. He was actually going out there to see Dacian Nix, of all people To decide whether or not he was going to offer him a scholarship Uh, But he, while he's out there, he goes, wow, I'm in love with this Devin Askew kid. I think we need to make sure we do, we do whatever it takes to get him in. So Kentucky staff is watching, watching Askew's game closely at Peach Jam, making sure that he knows that, that, that they're, they're pretty interested, um, that, that it's, it's a pretty genuine interest for sure. Offer a scholarship in, on July 26th. So almost a full year after Louisville offer, offered a scholarship, and sealed the deal in a matter of let's see, January or, or July, August, September, October. Less than three months after receiving a scholarship offer, offer he he solidified a commitment after over a year and a half of Chris Mack doing whatever it takes. To, remember, to, there was
1: some Villanova buzz at one point too, and uh, I forget when it was. Do you remember the day that he scheduled a UK visit while dropping a Villanova visit? I forget what month that was. Oh, scheduled the Kentucky visit? Yeah. That was his official. That was his official. No, he dropped. I'm saying he dropped the Villanova visit the same exact day he scheduled the UK visit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was looking at his ranking history. He came in, his first appearance in the rankings was 23rd. That's the lowest he's ever been. And the highest he's ever been is 10th right now. Uh, Hovered in the 20s to lower teens up until – September, when he cracked the top 15 at number 12, and then now he's cracked the top 10.
0: Yeah. it. it yeah, I think that's
1: about, I don't think he's ever going to be a top five player, but ten's about right 10's, where he is. fair. I mean, he's the number one point yeah. guard in the class of 2021.
0: I mean, you can't, I mean, it's really tough to argue against that, but and
1: man. There's always been a lot of gray area about his, like when he told UK he was coming. I had somebody text me last night. I remember going through my text last night. He's like, I told you in August he was coming this was before his Louisville official visit. He said, don't listen to all the Louisville smoke. Devin. Watch out for Devin Askew to Kentucky. And this was August, I think, 22nd he texted me that. Which is literally and less so than
0: a month after Kentucky offered a scholarship. So he was trending toward
1: Kentucky. I think he was trending toward Kentucky. Less and than a then, month. And then I think his dad told him, like, all right, let's go through the process. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I think his, he was ready to commit. And then Louisville fans, whenever he tweeted ready to commit or whatever he put out that said ready to commit, Everybody thought that was Louisville because it was fresh off a visit. But apparently that was all smoke the whole entire time. And I've heard that from national recruiting analysts that that was smoke.
0: So So here's the deal.
1: We were on the phone
0: a couple nights ago, Travis, uh, and, and our regular co-host David Sisk. We 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 wish we could have had him on the show, but this this was kind of a makeshift podcast. We just decided to do this uh, last second, so we'll we'll have him on 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 Tuesday. Don't you worry. But we were all three of us were on the phone talking like we we usually have a couple conference calls a week to kind of discuss what we've all been hearing, and we kind of came to the consensus that the buzz started happening in August, late August, that Kentucky had kind of solidified itself as a strong contender. The Louisville visit happened on September 1st. So Louisville had, had built back up some of their lost ground, I
1: think. But I want to say that a lot of the Louisville buzz came from their coaching staff. Well, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? They put in, they put in countless
0: hours and of like work. Like I said
1: before, I saw him on his official visit during the Notre Dame game. He was having a hell of a time. Fit in was one of the guys. Yeah, but I mean, if everybody committed for having a great visit, they would commit and decommit five times. You're yeah. not gonna have a bad official visit.
0: Yeah, it's very obvious that the that the Louisville coaching staff wanted the world to know that ASCII was their guy, and they were gonna put out they were gonna put out smoke that they had solidified themselves as as the top option, and it became pretty apparent. So the Kentucky buzz started in August. About two weeks before his official visit, which happened two weeks ago now, I believe. Yep. No, three weeks ago. Yeah, because yeah. um, last weekend was Cade, and it was a week before, so it was, it was it was two week two weekends ago.
1: Yeah, it's all running together yeah. right now. He
0: came in two weekends ago, and about two week so about a month ago from right now was when there was buzz that Kentucky had gotten a wink wink nudge nudge from the from the Ask You camp that it
1: was going down. You were talking about when he was on campus? Bef- two weeks before two he was on before. campus. Because, all right, now we can say it since he's committed. Me and Jack have known that, he's been a silent com- that he was a silent commit since he's been on campus.
0: The commitment happened on Saturday. Let's see. I'm looking at the calendar right now. This Tomorrow's is- the 19th. So, Saturday, October 5th, was when he officially committed to Kentucky behind closed doors.
1: And we've been kind of tiptoeing around it. Now we can just straight up say he was he, he, he
0: it he has been a silent commit for two weeks now um, basically and I mean he, it's not even that it's he told people that uh, big of a, of a secret
1: he went to the Memphis Madness or whatever it was the day before his Kentucky visit and was telling guys that are locks to Memphis for twenty twenty one that He's like, yeah, I'm a lock for Kentucky. I'm going, I'm going to Kentucky.
0: Yeah, and that was literally the very next day was when he – so that visit – or that was Thursday. The very next day he took his official to Kentucky. Yeah. And then the next day after that was when the, the commitment happened behind closed doors. So just – in, <laughs> this was Chris Mack's very first recruiting battle with John Calipari. And what a – if you want to start a nasty rivalry with somebody – right from the get-go, could you pick a more a, – a, more, a, a better situation to, for, for that to happen with, than what I'll, happened? I, how I it love unfolded. Coach
1: Mack, and I'm not comparing these two coaches, but this whole situation reminds me of when Coach Calipari told <clears throat> Mick Cronin, you can, oh. <laughs> you can recruit a guy for two years, I can come in for two months and steal him. That's, that's <laughs> that what was the, that the Marcus Teager commitment, right? Yeah. Yes, and by no means they're complete 180s on the spectrum. Uh, like complete polar opposites, Mac and Cronin. I I really respect Coach Mac, but well, wasn't
0: it because Mick was telling people behind closed doors yeah, because he was thought cheating. he thought he had Teague locked up and, and basically said, oh well, the only reason why why we lost him is because because Calipari has his has his bank account out. And yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he approach him yeah, at an an an, at an AAU yes. event and said, if you ever run your ma- <laughs> he had, he said <laughs> it was one of those he had to hey, pick- I heard you've been talking crap about me, huh?
1: He, he had to pick his stuff off up off the floor and then turn back around and walk away. No, uh, no, no, Coach Cal. I, I swear, I, I, I wasn't talking 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 mess at all. I want to know what Mick Cronin said in that situation. Like, I'm sorry, Sorry,
0: sorry, Mister Coach Cal. I just want. Just know you can have a kid for two years locked up, and I could come in in two months. And get him to sign on the dotted line, but man. That's just a that, might, that is a now? Godfather quote if I've ever heard one. Two in my years life. from
1: now, I mean, Mac might get like they haven't recruited ninety percent of the same kids, but like seriously, recruited ninety percent of the same kids been there at the end. But two years from now, I'm gonna say Mac is gonna be a better recruiter once all these sanctions and that black cloud leaves yeah. the program. I think he's gonna be a better recruiter than Cronin ever was.
0: Oh, by far. I mean. Now he has the L.A. pull, yeah. so I mean, it, it, with, with him being at UCLA, I mean, well, you you got, see, he got he got Knicks. I mean, yeah. it he he at least has the location to. Well, he was also option seats, so. Q there. Yeah, I oh, mean, he gosh. just kind
1: of fell. He kind of fell forward on that. <laughs> now let
0: me ask you, when ask you, <laughs> what a oh man, gosh we, dang. We just, I just cracked myself up. Um, Cut that. Let me no, <laughs> that is staying in there. One hundred percent. Let me ask you: When is the last time Louisville won a recruiting battle against Kentucky? Has it ever happened?
1: I'm trying to remember. Um.
0: Shane Behanan claimed he had a, a Kentucky offer. Did have a Kentucky offer originally? Until that definitely broke up. And, and
1: was that the Anthony Davis class? Was that yes? Class? Yeah, that was when yeah. they got
0: Wayne Blackshear and uh, who who else was in that class? Yeah, that was the Anthony Davis, Kyle Wilcher, Marcus Teague, MKG class. Remember, because they had that table. They were they were at, yeah. at the McDonald's game. They they did that. Uh, that they were talking trash to each other, and and Anthony Davis kind of said something something like, well, I you, mean, guys, I "You guys, you guys will never compare to Louisville us." Louisville
1: thought they were getting Marcus Teague. Louisville thought that they were getting Trey Lyles. <laughs> oh,
0: Trey Lyles! Uh, oh, bless their hearts.
1: Aiden Iggy Hahn, No matter how much Louisville, I've seen Louisville media wanting to talk it up all day, and this isn't he meeting. did not have a Kentucky offer like. I'm being straight up with you. He never had a committable Kentucky offer. I don't even think he had an offer of any kind to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, But as far as recruits that Louisville's gotten over Kentucky when they're both there at the end, I can't think of one, honestly.
0: I I genuinely can't think of one. I know they thought – They would have
1: gotten Rondo over Kentucky. But – But the Sebastian Telfair debacle happened, so –
0: which is going to happen with Jay Scrub, too. Yeah, I hate to burst I'm, I'm that, letting but you guys know he is not going to play I, at I've Louisville. said that
1: for a while. I think
0: unless, unless he has a major change of heart. As of right now, based on what has, been, what has been talked about behind the scenes, I don't think he ever plays a minute of college basketball. I
1: think – I honestly think if – as of right now, I would put in a pick for J.J. Trainer to go to Louisville. But he also does not have a U.K. offer.
0: Now – if Kentucky turns up the heat on JJ Trainer, like, and I'm not saying just even extends an offer. If they if they make JJ Trainer feel like he's a legitimate priority, I I think situations. I think Kentucky can make, make up ground. I do. I, th-
1: I do too. But I think still he knows if, despite Boo's and Kenny Payne's relationship, I feel like if he goes to Louisville, he knows he can be second on the depth chart. Unless they get a couple of grad transfers, but at Kentucky, he's gonna be buried for a couple of years. Yeah, and I feel like it depends on what the kid wants in that situation.
0: Yeah, it's the long story short. Kentucky wins yet another battle against Louisville when when Louisville thought that they that they felt pretty pretty darn strongly about it. Uh, feel. Feel bad for him. Chris Mag did a phenomenal job with them. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I, I wanna don't want to be cocky where... about it. I don't want to do that. But man, it is, it's well, you, it's you kinda... tough for me to, it's tough for me to not look at it and kind of chuckle to myself when they
1: Louisville had a year and a half head start. Well, there's some Louisville media members also today that were pulling the oh Cal Perry dropped a bag because they have nothing to say, and then it's like oh well results on the court matter. I'm like. What are they like? One of ten in the last eleven, or something outrageous since Calipari's been here. Um. Yeah,
0: the 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 one the two wins that they've gotten were the Bam Adebayo year, which good win for them, and the which, Gnarla, the Nerlens Noel year, and then and that win that was no,
1: with. I'm not going to be that guy, but if you want to get really technical and nasty with the argument, I would just pull the Bam Adebayo win doesn't count. That's.
0: <laughs> It's true. But that I'm not true. I'm
1: not that guy. I I hate that argument. Oh, like cuz Louisville still won in 2013. I don't care what anybody says. Louisville still won. The they beat Kentucky that year by three points. Kentucky. What? You NIT mean team. Do you
0: mean Louisville's win in 2013 didn't count? I,
1: no, I'm saying like you can say like Louisville won that. Yeah. Like they won that championship. They I'm, not, I'm not if the, you look at the official. I'm not the type to get into those. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. But Oh, but Luke Hancock still has his most outstanding player. <laughs> but, Good for you,
0: buddy. Good for uh, you.
1: But, no, back to Devin Askew, I think, because we got way down the rabbit hole just now, I think Devin Askew is going to be a tremendous asset to the team. He's definitely a team player. He's going to be a guy that is definitely willing to share the spotlight. And I think he's going to excel in sharing the spotlight because the guys at Kentucky – thinks that they're going to have in the program for the next couple of years. If you have a zone buster as a point guard, that can hit 35 – well, he's hit 40%, but I'm going to say 35% or higher, three-point percentage in college at the point guard spot. Man, I mean, that's kind of unfair. If he can distribute at a higher level than he is right now, the sky's the limit for him at Kentucky. All right, as we close, final, final thoughts.
0: One, does Devin Askew reclassify the class of 2020?
1: It all depends on Cade. If – Cade doesn't come to Kentucky, then 95% sure yes. That's That was my number. Yeah, I stole it from you. We talked about it before the show. <laughs> the, uh, I wanted to sound smart. And if Cade Cunningham does come, I still think it's 50-50 shot. Because, I mean, a lot of things can I change. Agree. I think Cal Perry can convince them, like, hey, come in, get this development. You're going to be playing against the arguably the number one pick, definitely top five pick in practice that is three inches taller than you, you're going to get nothing but better. And you're going to get so much more quicker development here than you will another year in high school, even though it's modern day, one of the most historic basketball programs in high school basketball. I mean,
0: yeah, there are two sides of it. One, Devin has said in the past that he wants to be a Jordan Brand Classic All-American. He wants to be a McDonald's All-American. He wants to play in the Nike Hoop Summit. He wants to potentially play in in another Peach Jam. He is a – a kind of guy that wants to go through a senior senior season in high school, and that's fair. That's fine. You know, I, I don't I don't hold anything against him for for wanting to do that. But on the flip side, he is also a kind of guy that that has said that he is a competitor through and through. And the reason why he committed to Kentucky is because he wants to go heads up with NBA talent every day. In he said he in wants practice. to play.
1: What was his quote? He wants to play with like good players when. Champ- win games something like that yeah and that's and something it, that you, I forget can, word for word I'm,
0: Calipari can say sure buddy if if you are dying to be a McDonald's All-American do it if, if that's what you want but having the opportunity to go heads up with Cade Cunningham every day in practice go heads up with Terrence Clark every day in practice go heads up with BJ Boston every day Go up against some of the best of the best guards. That it's it's better than any Peach Jam. You're literally getting college level talent, at, while they're in college, every day in practice. I mean, you you can't compare Peach Jam. Uh, a yes, Peach Jam is important to these kids. Yes, being an, uh, having the All Star, All American check mark next to your name means a lot. But if his end-all, be-all goal is to make it to the NBA and to compete against NBA talent, then playing at Kentucky with Cade Cunningham and with all the other big talent, you can't argue with me that that's not the better option. I am not a 17-year-old kid going through this this thought process. Every time I uh, I
1: sit back and think of it, I think of how my mind worked at 17. I just can't remember how it worked. Yeah, and... and (laughs) It was a whole different lifetime. And
0: things have changed since then, since... Our, you know, we're we're old as dirt right now. Back then, you know, I don't know how that would have gone, but I don't, I don't, I won't blame him either way. Is the point of point of the argument? Uh, I, I all I know is that Kentucky is in a pretty darn good spot, no matter what happens. If he stays in 2021, it means more more likely than not that they landed Cade Cunningham and. That in itself, having Cade one year and Askew the very next year, you have your, your two star guards back-to-back. If not, you get Askew this year, and you have a top ten player in the country and the number one guard in, in the class. Or I guess because Cade would be the number one guard, he'd be number two, number three, but whatever. It, it is Kentucky's in a phenomenal position no matter what, and uh, it, the Kentucky fans should definitely be excited about this. And with that... We will close our special edition of the Source to Say podcast. I want to thank our listeners once again. Please go on iTunes, go on Spotify, go on all of the major podcasting apps. Give us a five-star review. Tell us what what you like about the show. It makes us look good. We would most certainly appreciate it. And with that, we will call it a quits and be back on Tuesday for another jam-packed Source to Say podcast.